0: joining of the bride and the sun the two
1: Praise the Lord, you. church. Lord
2: God, we bless you. Hallelujah,
0: hallelujah, hallelujah wherever you're at. We're praise.
2: the everlasting father and the prince of peace we love you this morning oh god hallelujah hallelujah oh praise the name of the lord you are worthy to be praised oh god you are worthy to be praised amen 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 we welcome everyone this morning to christ Center church so glad you're in the house of god this morning pray with us this morning that the lord will continue to have his way in the service. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us and helping us to live to see another day. We thank you, Lord God, for this privilege to be in your presence, oh God. Father God, as we pray this morning, we ask your continuous blessing upon the remaining portion of the service today lord god that you continue to bless our praise singers oh god a man of god as he come to preach the word that your anointing will be upon him oh god i pray and ask you lord god to bless oh god our greeters ushers our musicians oh god bless every aspect of oh God, the service oh god come to the blessing keep our nurses oh god we give you all the glory oh father god we give you all the honor as we say thanks In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And come on, church, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning.
3: Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe, and yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slayed. God, we believe and yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do, we are here for you, come and do what you do, set our hearts on you, come and do what you do, cause we need a move.
2: You Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. For a few minutes. We welcome everyone this morning into house in the house of God this morning. So glad to be in this present this morning. You know, there's a very unique thing about worshiping God. It doesn't matter where you are, you know, you're here in the house of God, or you're here at home, our online congregation, you're here on one accord, just worshiping the Lord, and we're so honored to have everyone worshiping the Lord together at this time, you know, we worship God, and truly our God is so great and so mighty. We thank you for being with us this morning. I pray that God will bless us and keep us this morning. You know, we're living in such a sensitive time right now, you know, with the pandemic still under our eyes. But we're trusting Almighty God that is great and is greatly to be praised. So, just continue to serve God this morning with all your hearts, with all your mind. Don't lean onto your own understanding. Just acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will elevate you. He will protect you. He will keep you and He will guide you. Amen amen praise the lord one more time everybody come on praise the lord everybody he's worthy to be praised hallelujah amen 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 praise god we're gonna invite you all to stand at this time we're gonna get right into our offering at this time praise god and you know we ask you to give generous this morning be a blessing into the house of god this morning whatever the lord laid and your heart to give this morning. Give unto the Lord. The Lord will bless you in return. Amen. If you give sparingly, the Lord will bless you sparingly. If you give abundantly, the Lord will bless you abundantly. So, give unto the Lord in an abundant way. And you'll be surprised. Oh, God bless you. Bow your heads with us as we pray. Father God, as we come before your present. One more time, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing in this hour, Lord God. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your goodness, your mercies, and for your love. Oh, God, we thank you for bringing your present one more time. And for God, as you're about to receive the offering this morning, we ask your blessing upon every givers, those who have to give and those who have not likewise. Make a way so they can be a blessing in the house of God. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Remember, if you're giving online, you can go to Cash App. If you want to give Cash App, CCC 2711. If you want to pay electronic, you can see Sister Patrice. We have baskets in the front and basket in the back. Just feel free to be a blessing unto the Lord. God bless you.
4: We honor him. Sorry, online congregation. Amen. Hallelujah. You want me to do it over for the online congregation? (laughs) Hallelujah. I am just ecstatic to be in the house of the Lord on Sundays. I don't know about you, but uh, I think a lot of preachers um, think this way. Sunday is coming. And so when, to, when today is all over with, guess what we start saying? Sunday is coming. Only God. If you, if you are going to do this thing and make a difference, you can only do it by the strength of God, by the will of God, by the ways and the word of God. Because you can't do it in the strength of man. Because Sunday is coming. Every day you're done. Brother D, Sunday is coming. <laughs> Sunday is coming. Uh, Brother Tinney, great man of God, passed away a few years ago. He wrote a book, and it's entitled, Sunday is Coming. Mm -hmm. And so we're grateful Sunday is here, and when Sunday is over, it will be coming again. Amen. Hallelujah. Miss Joy, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. (laughs) Oh, man. God is good to us. God is good to us. God is so good to us. I thank you for just keeping all of us. Michelle John Carlo, Good to see you at the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank God for the sharps. Rosalie. Good to see you at the house of the Lord. Mrs. Ethan Scarlett. I'm going to throw the Ethan in there. Just so you know it's you, Shauna. Mrs. Ethan Scarlett. Uh, yeah. That make you sound old? You know, young people, man, you know, they, they just want to be cool. You know, you throw that missus on there, you know, make me sound like I'm old. It's a good thing. Trust me. It's a good thing. Joyce, good to see you. Taylor, we missed you Thursday night. Amen. Just good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see everyone this morning. Hallelujah. I want you to tell your neighbor, neighbor, touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, God's going to help us this morning. Uh-huh. God's going to help us this morning amen god's gonna help us this morning uh today um close out our 21 day fast we've been on the daniel fast for 21 days amen and um thank you all that all of you who participated uh it's a challenge but we made it to the end hopefully next year i'll be more prepared i wasn't prepared like i needed to this year so i find myself eating just I don't know, stuff I ate. It's just like, what is this?
5: <laughs> I, just, I
4: just wasn't, It wasn't for Tom and, and, and Crystal sending us recipes. I don't know where we would be because I just ate nothing sometimes, you know? I just ate raw nuts or something. You know? and I said, what else is there to eat, you know what I mean? But Daniel passed. didn't eat anything pleasant, you know? All of what I like to eat, I did not eat for 21 days. And I like to eat good. So, for 21 days, I didn't eat any good food. No curry goat, no oxtail, no steak, no seafood, none of that stuff. We just ate no pleasant food. <laughs> the food was not pleasant, but God has been good. <laughs> Amen. I want to make an announcement to you. I, I want you to know how much um, I appreciate um, your sacrifice. So, as you know, every uh, year we do our Christmas for Christ offering, and you all are so great. Um, it's, it's, it's a great tradition in our church now. We put the Christmas tree up, and we get these cards with money figures on them, and you all take what you think you can give, and uh, you did that like you've done the past few years, and um, this year we gave our largest offering. We gave $4,009, $4,009. So all of us given from this church came up to $4,009. So thank you for your sacrificial giving. And remember what you gave for. This money is going to go to help someone start a church. Can you believe it? That's what you're giving to. You're giving to someone that's going to go out and start a church where the gospel can be preached and people can be saved. We have relatives that we don't even know where they are sometimes. And when we give to this offering... A church can get started, and you've been praying for your relative to be saved, someone you might not see all the time, and you're praying, Lord, my, 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 my cousin, so-and-so, haven't seen them in a while, will you save them? And, you know, the, the way God is going to save them, thank you very much, sir, the way God is going to save them is by a church. If you've been listening to our Thursday night teaching, uh, you know, w- we've been talking about um, from death to life, uh, to maturity and one of the things we talk about is the whole way how parallel it is where just like our natural baby is born so is a spiritual child born a spiritual person born and it's the same kind of process just spiritually and um, we, we we made the emphasis this Thursday in talking about when a child is born they're born into a family it, it took the man and the woman and child is born. If we do it right, they're born into a family. Now, whether the family is awesome or not awesome or fam, that doesn't matter. The child is born into a family. Well, just like it is in a natural, Rosalie, then when you are born again spiritually, you're born again into a church family. So it takes a church in order to help raise you, to prepare you to one day spend eternity with Christ. So without the church, we can't get to heaven. No, we can't. You just don't get saved and live how you want, stay away from the church, and then one day when Jesus comes back, you'll be good. Doesn't work that way. So we need the church. We can't get saved without the church. And so, um, you all have done wonderfully, given your offering to help churches get started all across North America. Amen. So, thank you. Wonderful job, Christ Center Church. I'm proud to be The pastor of this church and proud to serve you and be able to be together as a body of Christ. So thank you so much. Um, I guess we can get right into the word of the Lord. Uh, anything else I need to mention? I don't think I have anything else I need to mention. Okay. Stand with me and turn your Bible to Genesis chapter four. Um, or use your, uh, device, your smart device, and punch and punch up Genesis chapter 4 or just look on on the screen you know and that that that's the screen whether you are um, the virtual congregation you can look on the screen there virtually or you're here in person you can look on the screen here we're taking care of business around here if, if, if you're virtual you're going to see it on the screen if you're in person you're going to see it on the screen but if you're old school like brother sharp you get your Bible out start turning the pages. <laughs> you know if you're new school like okay sister sylvia pulled out her um her phone i don't know um, who, who looking on the smart device nobody's just looking over at the, at the screen now huh it's just easier to look at the screen my goodness we're all spoiled sister sharp you still doing the old school way she got her bible out amen hallelujah genesis chapter four god's gonna help us this morning church Look at what the scripture says in chapter 4, verse number 3. The word of God says, And in the process and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Who did he bring the offering to? All right. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock And of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with his, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother. I got to say it like the Bible said. it. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him and the lord said unto cain where is abel thy brother and he said i know not am i my brother's keeper and he said what hast thou done the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground two things a lot of things we're going to pulled from that but just two quick things i want to make mention of god never ask a question that he doesn't already know the answer so when god asks you a question if you get a thought in a question form that is biblical that's the lord that's the way he does things he already knows the answer he's asking you so you can know the answer uh-huh. the other thing that's key here to look at, to understand about the Lord. He says, your brother's blood crieth out to me from the ground. Everything corresponds and communicates with God. Everything. People and the things that he created. Everything that God creates, respond to him, communicate to him. So he's all-knowing, the Bible calls him, All-knowing. He is all-knowing and everything communicates to him, even blood. And so God is just amazing. I see no need or no reason why we should not get to know this amazing God. You want to know someone this amazing because there's none else like him. You can't compare him to anything or anyone else. So you should want to know him. Today I want to talk to you on this topic. What is your motive? What is your motive? You know your motive. And God know your motive. But no one else know your motive. Because your motive Is what's deep-seated in you, and it's what causes you to act. It's what motivates you to do the things that you do. And so, if you begin to look at yourself, look at your life, and look at your actions, ask yourself, why do I do the things that I do? doesn't matter what they are. The question is, why do I do them? Will they please God, or do they please God? Because your motive is making you do it. So if your motive is causing you to do things that's not pleasing God, maybe we need to change our motive. What kind of motive we need. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for allowing us to gather together one more time. Jesus, we're so grateful. For God, we've come to the place where we can know who you are. Where we understand that it's you that saved us and not we ourselves. Where, Lord God, we understand how much you love us and that you have, oh God, the very best intentions for our lives. Today, Lord, I pray that you will help us that we will not walk out of this place without change coming into the deepest part of our life. Help us today, Lord Jesus. Oh God, let nothing hinder us from our worship, from our praise Oh, God, from just giving you the honor and declaring your words. Have your way in this place today. I ask, Almighty God, that you have your way. Oh, God. In our congregation online, Lord God, move on them in a special way that, Lord, the signs, wonders, and miracles of God will operate in our congregation online and our congregation here in person. Let the power from on high move us all, Lord God, into a place where we will be right with you. Whatever it takes, Lord, let it be so. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. What is your motive? What motivated you to come to church this morning? What motivates you to behave the way that you do when you come into the house of the Lord? When you are gathered together with the assembling of the congregation? What makes you respond? What makes you do the things That you do. In our world of exponential change and ever increasing complexity, the power rests with those who act. If you don't act, you will just be walloped, consumed, or overtaken by everything and everyone else. And especially those who act. With self-determination and persistence. So not only do we need to act in this day and age. But we need to act with self-determination and persistence. Our motivation is our most valuable commodity. Our motivation is our most valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. Motivation is the process that initiates, guides, and maintains goal-oriented behaviors. It is what causes you to act, whether it's getting a glass of water to reduce your thirst or reading a book to gain knowledge. You were motivated to do that. Motivation includes the biological, emotional, social, and cognitive forces that activate behavior. In everyday usage, the term motivation is frequently used to describe why a person does something. It is the driving force behind human actions. I don't know, I like to watch shows of of trying to solve mysteries investigative kind of uh, shows where something happened and the cops have to investigate what happened and the very first thing they're trying to get at is what was the motive and because maybe we're not investigators or policemen and women, we just ignore that whole motive thing like, eh, may not be significant. But I'm here to tell you this morning that your motive is significant whether you committed a crime or you're just living for God or you're just living your life the way you want to live it. Motivation, your motive is very important as to why you are being the way you are. Motive will play the part. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about motive playing a part. Motive will generate actions in your life whether you want it to or not. Because you have to be motivated for actions to take place. I'm not a mechanic. But I'm sure if you talk to a mechanic, they will tell you there's a motivation after how the engine gets started. Stuff is originated from someplace. For the engine to start firing. It's 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 motivated. When you turn the key, things happen to 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 get that engine firing up and moving. So motivation is significant to why we do what we do. It's the driving force behind our actions. Motivation doesn't just refer to the factors that Activate behaviors, it also involve the factors that direct and maintain these goal oriented actions. So you might start out doing something, it's your action. But it was goal oriented to begin with. And in order to keep Keep on doing what you're doing to complete the goal. You need to remain motivated. A lot of people start stuff and never finish it. Because motivation played a part in that. Mm -hmm. Motives says something about your attitude, preferences, and value. Your motive can change over a period of time due to experiences or other things. But the key there is your motive can change. Whatever your motive is at this moment, it can change. Motives are about what actually sets people in action. When we read in Genesis, our scriptures that we began with, uh, chapter 4, we read 3 and 4. The Bible says, and in process of time, it means after a a, a certain period of time had lapsed. "in, In process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. That's who he brought the offering to. And Abel. He also brought of the firstling. Of his flock. And of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect. Unto Abel. And to his offering. It is evident that both Cain and Abel. Understood God's requirement. Of offering. Of sacrificial Offering. Unto him. Both brought an offering unto the Lord. However, one brought fruit of the ground and the other brought the best lamb of the family's flock. So stop and think about that, Brother D. Two brothers raised in the same home, watch Daddy, watch Mommy. When their time came for them to bring an offering before God, one brought fruit and one brought the best lamb of the family's flock. What's going on there? They both learned learned the same principles because they were brought up in the same home. They both knew what to do concerning a sacrificial offering. So why did one bring fruit and the other brought a lamb, life? Hear me. Our actions reveal what is in our heart. Our actions reveal what is in our heart. I forgot who made this statement that people tell you who they are. You need to believe it. We like to want to believe something else for whatever the reasons are, but people tell you who they are. By how they act. Don't you mess with that and try to make it into something else. God made it that way. So you can't change that. So when you see. How people are living. They're telling you something. Believe it. No matter how little you discuss. What's in your heart. Your actions reveal. What is in your heart. So you can be quiet, you can be one that don't speak a lot about things, and that's fine. But your actions will always reveal what is in your heart. Can't hide it. Even if you never do anything, you're telling us something. So so you you can't get out of it. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. God made it this way, so all of what's going on that that pertains to life is all in our heart, and it comes out in our behavior. Can't hide it. Maybe we need to just pay attention to our behavior and start to say to ourselves, I don't like this about me. Does anybody do that? I don't, I don't like this about me. <laughs> like, I don't like this about me. Call a spade a spade. I call, I call whatever a spade I am. I call, I call myself out all the time. I don't like that about you. <laughs> and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Another way of putting it when it says in the Lord had respect. Another way of putting that is that the Lord looked upon Abel's offering. He paid attention. Or you can look at it another way. And the Lord accepted Abel's offering. If you want the Lord to look on you in whatever you're doing, you have to do the things that he requires. If you want the Lord to look at you, to pay attention to you, if you want the Lord to, to, to just just focus on you and, and look at you all the time, just do what he requires, not what you want to do. I'm going to show you something that's very interesting. God is no respect of persons. What he is is, He responds to those who obey him. God is no respect of persons. He loves us all the same. You can't brag that God loves you more than me and I can't brag that God loves me more than you. God loves us all the same. But he responds to those who obey him. You don't believe that? Scriptures. I'll give you the word of God. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 says, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So we know God doesn't favor people over people. We do that stuff. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what you dress like. Doesn't matter if you smell good or you don't smell good. Doesn't matter what kind of job you have. Doesn't matter what kind of family you come from. God loves us all. He's no respect of persons. Verse 35, though, is a good verse. It says, but in every nation, that means no, nobody's left out. But in every nation, he that feareth him, he that feareth God, and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. So when you reverence God and when you live righteously, God accepts you. He brings you in. He pays attention to you. Mm -hmm. First Peter, chapter 3, verse 12. Very important scriptures. Make sure you write this down. Because this is going to challenge you. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Yeah, we got that because we just read that. And his ears are open unto their prayers. So when you do right, according to what God says, he sees you and he listens for you. When you do what God requires, he sees you and he listens to you. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. I said to the congregation this morning, Michelle. As we know, one of the things that people battle with, so they say anyway, as to why they're on the fences, living for God or not living for God, they like to say this. Why does God allow all this evil? How can God allow this to happen? I've got a lot of answers, but here's one of the answers. Evil exists because when we do evil, God don't look at us. He turns his back. We want them to get involved with evil. And God says, I am so holy and so righteous, I do not get involved with evil. So when you all decide to do evil, I don't pay it any mind. I know you're doing it, but I'm not going to pay it any mind because I don't entangle myself with evil. So if you want to live evil, if you want to do evil things, if you want to be corrupt, if you want to be defiled, if you want to be unrighteous and ungodly, it's up to you, but I will pay you no mind. So why are we seeing all the stuff that we see? Because we're doing it and God is saying, staying away from that stuff. What we like to do is we want people to join us in our mess. And God says, I'm not joining you in your mess. I'm not joining you because you're evil. I'm not joining you because you're unrighteous. I'm not joining you because you're ungodly. I stay away from you when you behave that way. So if the world is going to just go astray because all of you want to be ungodly and evil and unrighteous, I'll just stay away from you and you'll just keep on killing yourselves. Why would God do that? There's a scripture in the book of Acts. Where he says, save yourselves. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. So God knows unless you want to be saved, you will never be saved. He can't save you if you don't want to be saved. He can't deliver you if you don't want to be delivered. He can't do anything for you if you don't want it. And how do you demonstrate you want it? By calling on the name of the Lord, uh, by saying, Jesus, uh, I want to be delivered from this lifestyle. Remember, Israel, we talked about it some weeks ago, was in slavery for over 400 years. Why was it so long? Because they were enjoying their sinful, evil ways, uh, and they weren't really crying out to God. So they were there for a long time. But the moment they cried out to God, he said, come on, I'll save you. So one of the ways of God is he leaves you right where you are doing evil until you decide you don't want to do evil anymore. But because of how we are, we want somebody to feel sorry for us and come all in our mess. Come on, come on you're not going to come anyway because your mind is not made up. Your heart is still defiled. So if God even come in the mess and say, come on, come on, you're not going to come and stay anyway. It's not until you decide, I don't want to be in this anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. I can't take this anymore. It's not until
5: we decide
4: that. Can God help us? We want God to go our will to try to help us and what he knows is even if he does we will never maintain being godly being righteous because we didn't want it from the first place it was only what he wanted for us yep so we have a lot of evil going on and God is doing nothing about it because God says I don't get entangled with evil I don't get entangled with unrighteousness. And guess what? As you live your life like that, it will destroy you. Your evil will destroy you. Your ungodliness will destroy you. Your unrighteousness will destroy you. I'll just stay away from it. Now, as soon as you cry out to me because you don't want to be destroyed, I'll help you. We serve a good God. He's so smart. He knows what he's doing. And even though it doesn't make sense to us all the time, he knows what he's doing. He makes it work. If we follow his ways, we will realize that we will live a a really prosperous and blessed and just a a great life in Christ if we follow his ways. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but not unto Cain. Clearly, there is an internal distinction in the intention of the two offerers. So both men went and offered sacrificial offering to God but both didn't have the same motive. They both went to offer what they know they were supposed to do that God requires that daddy told them they were supposed to do. They both went to do it but because one motive was different he offered something different than what was required. The distinction between the two was motive they both had motive but both their motive led them to do differently this is why you've heard me said this before you can raise siblings in the same home under the same guidance of the same parents and the parents never really changed the parents were the same all the way through and some come out to be different than others Because you all have your own mind and you will have the motive inside of you that drive you to do whatever you do. Has nothing to do with parents. Have to do with your motive. After you get to a certain age, you now become responsible for your actions and whatever motivates you is how you live your life at a certain point in time. You can choose to say, I like the way my parents did things and I looked at their life and they're okay. And so all I got to do is just add on to what they have taught me that will be better and just go from there. Or you can say, I'm my own person. I'm going to do it my own way. I don't have to do it their way. I'm good. We all have motives in us. That tells us all these things. The fact that people attend church services. And participate in church activities, there are no proof that they're true believers. So before you give yourself a pat on the back this morning, say, I came to church before you give yourself a pat on the back to say, I sang this morning. Before you give yourself a pat on the back to say, I gave my tithes and I gave my offering, I want you to stop and say, what was my motive for doing what I've done? What was my motive for coming to church? What was my motive for singing? What was my motive for worshiping God? What was my motive for all that I did this morning? What was my motive? Because that's how God weighs the matter. We show people what we think they will be in agreement with, but God weighs the heart, the motive. God weighs the motive. God is not interested in what you're showing others because God knows the truth. Others may not know the truth, but God knows the truth. Remember, I started by telling you, only you and God know your motive. I don't know it. Nobody else knows it. Only you and God. And that's what God weighs. God is not interested in what you do outwardly. Now, if you do it because your motive is right, then that's all good. But if you're doing it outwardly, but your motive deep down is wrong, it's not good. As a matter of fact, you're living almost in in captivity. You're, You're living in captivity when you are living your life in Christ to show people what you think they accept when you know deep down that's not good with God. You're going to be a really good Christian when you make a decision to say, I can care less what people think of what I do as long as I'm pleasing God. You're going to be a great Christian. You're going to make it to heaven. You're going to experience blessings. You're going to experience just the provision and all that God has to offer you. When you stop and say, God, I don't care what anyone thinks of my actions. It doesn't matter to me. All that matters is that you think I'm right and you accept my actions. When you come to that place, you're talking about freedom. Oh, my goodness. You talk, this is why the Bible says, who the son set free is free indeed. Because you become so free when you get the right motive to say, I don't care what anyone else think about my actions. Just as long as God says that I'm doing all right. Just as long as God accepts my actions and says, I'm looking on you, boy. That's all that matters. I'm telling you, I remember when I first came to church and I started living for God. I remember when it started happening to me. I remember when I didn't care that people saw me crying. I remember when people, when I started getting to a place where I didn't care when people saw me lift my hands. I remember when I started not caring when people saw me dancing for the Lord and doing all of this stuff. And when I prayed and how I prayed, I remember when I started getting to that place where it didn't matter what anybody thought of how I prayed or how I danced or how I served the Lord or how I cried for the Lord. It did not matter to me anymore. And that's when I I was knowing that I was now free uh, and I was now living for God uh, because it didn't matter what people thought. uh, I was doing it to please Jesus. Motive, motive, motive. What is your motive causing you to do? The way of Cain Is the way of self-willed. And unbelief. The way of Cain. Is the way of self-willed. And unbelief. Listen to me church. (laughs) You can't serve God. Being self-willed. And he accepted. A lot of us tend to have this thought well what's wrong with this go ask Abel I mean Cain because Cain thought the same way watch it that's the way Cain thought what's wrong with this it's this not a big deal and so Cain gave unto the Lord what he thought was okay self-willed what's wrong with this I mean I'm giving you the best of the crops. What's wrong with this? And God's response to your what's wrong with this every time. That's not what I required. So it's never about what you think. How can anything be wrong with this? You can't be a Christian and live for God with that mindset to say, what is wrong with this? There's nothing really wrong with this. It is something wrong with it when it's not what God requires of you. That's when it's something wrong, not because you feel like this is not that bad. This is not a bad thing. It's bad when you're trying to give God something that God didn't require. It's bad when you're trying to give something to God that God didn't require. The only thing that pleases God is when you do what he requires and not what you want to do. Cain is the great example that we can't give God just whatever we want. Cain, allow us to understand that we can't just give God whatever we want. So I understand sometimes that in our mind we think that, hey, there's nothing really wrong with this. I don't have to go to that extreme like you. The question you need to ask yourself, what does God require? Forget about me. Forget about the other person. Ask yourself, what does God require? Because that's all that God is interested in, not what you think is okay. Not what seemed right to you, because that's what Cain did. Cain gave an offering to God that he thought was okay and acceptable. And then God said, that's not okay. That's not acceptable. Can you imagine if we genuinely and sincerely went to God and whatever we're offering God, we just say to God, is that good enough, God? We genuinely and sincerely say, is that good enough, God? And God would just respond by saying, no, because that's not what I require. Nice and cool. No, that's not what I require. That's That's how you know if you're really truly living for God. Is that you're giving to God what God requires and not how you feel and not how you think and not what you were told and not your traditional way. If you will live for God, giving God what he requires and not of your religious traditional experiences, that's not what God required. What people told you or what some religion told you. God is looking to us to give him what he requires, not what we want. That's really living for God. So everything that you do, it should be what God requires. Not what you want to do. Listen, the way of Cain is the way of self-willed and unbelief. In Jude, Jude only have one chapter. So we'll jump down to verse 11. The word of God says in the NIV version, woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain, so you hear woe and Cain. So anytime you live your life like Cain, whoa, 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 whoa. Anytime we start living like Cain, I'm like whoa. And what is that life of Cain? Cain wants you to accept whatever he gives you, but he wants the most that you can give him. Uh huh. That, that's Cain. He wants the best of what you can give him, but you just take the very least that he can give you. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit (laughs) into Balaam's era. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. And then on top of it, when you get called out, when you don't do right, you get called out, you rebel and just start acting up. You get angry. You get loud. You start pushing back. Then you start saying, well, you ain't all that lovely yourself. That's one of my things that I do. So if I come talking to you, say, Tom, you know, you've been wonderful, but, you know, I observed this and didn't really appreciate that too much. And your response is, well, I saw you did, I just start doing this. I just go. I just go because your motive is not right. Motive not right. If somebody's trying to address you to point something out that you need to correct and you want to point something out to them of what they're doing wrong, your motive not right. You need to go check your motive. Something is not working good right there. And I know, I know I'm all in somebody's house right now. I'm all in somebody's relationship right now. That every time the person tries to tell you something, here you go talking about, well, what about you? You did this yesterday. And I remember last week when you did this. Your mind is not right. Let the person get out what they need to get out. Because whatever you're doing that's causing an issue with them, let them get it out. Let them get it out. You go work on it, and maybe later on you come back to them about their stuff. But leave their stuff alone for that moment. They came to you to address your situation. Don't bring their situation up at that time. Even the devil can tell you something good. I just had to slip that in there because because the reason why we like to come back at them is because we think, oh, you ain't right yourself. That doesn't mean I can't tell you something good. You a hypocrite. That doesn't mean I can't tell you something good. You low down. Doesn't mean I can't tell you something good. Because we all can tell somebody something from the word of God. And that's what's good. So I can be low down. I can be hypocritical. I can be no good. But if I tell you something from the word of God, that's good for you. So don't tell me about, well, you not. But I'm telling you is good for you. Uh huh. Uh huh. So let's not be like Cain. Want to give very little, but want maximum return. Appreciate when people do things for you and want to do something for them as well. Reciprocity. If you receive, you give. If you give, you'll receive. But don't try to get all you can. And give very little. What we call that? Bargain, get over, user. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. His motive made him give the excellent sacrifice by which he obtained witness that he was righteous god testifying of his gifts and by it he he being dead yet speaking the only way we can ever be righteous is by obeying god do you understand that because no human was born with righteousness No human have righteousness in them. None. None of us. The only way you are righteous is when you obey God. Because he's the only righteous one. So to be righteous is to obey the righteous one. Two amens. Listen to me. Faith. Must be. The motive that drive our actions. So you want to know what should be your motive? Your motive should be faith. Because with faith, you can be righteous. Faith make you obey God. Faith need to be that deep-seated motive within you that everything you do It came out of faith. Now that sounds challenging. but Let me give you a scripture that's even more challenging. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Romans 14, 23. Look at the end of that text. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Where does that leave all of us? Where does that leave us, Stace? whatsoever is not of faith is sin whatever actions that is generated from our being if it didn't get generated by sin but by faith it's sin man maybe that's why it makes sense that we say we all sinners huh Because most of our actions are generated by our flesh, how we feel. Most of our actions are generated by our experiences. Most of our actions are generated from things we learn and not from faith. Our actions are not generated by faith most of the times. Which means our motive is defile and corrupt. Because without faith, your motive is self-centered. It's self-will. Everything you do is for self without faith. You don't believe me? Look at Hebrews, same chapter 11, verse number 6. Bring down the hammer. Here's God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Huh. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if our actions are not being generated by faith, then we're not pleasing God. If what we do is because of how we feel, you're not pleasing God. He's not accepting what you're doing. If what you're doing is not generated by faith, God is not accepting it. God's eyes is not upon you because you're doing whatever you want, so your eyes are upon you. Told you I learned a long time ago. I'd rather live my life making God responsible for the things that happen to me than me being responsible for everything that happened to me. Because I don't know everything. I can't see everything. I'm not all-powerful. I don't provide everything. I don't give life. So because I don't do any of those things, I'd rather somebody that can do all those things watch out for me than me watching out for myself. I'm limited when I decide I'm going to take my life in my hands. I'm limited when I decide to take my life in my hands and live how I think, how I feel, what I've read, how I've seen. When I decide to live my life like that, I am required now to bless myself to provide for myself, to look out for myself. And if I don't know everything and see everything and all-powerful and all that stuff, that's not good enough for me. How about I just let the one who is all-powerful, who knows all things, how about I just let him? As a matter of fact, I said this morning that something will be your master. Or someone will be your master no matter what. Meaning something or someone will rule over you no matter what. Not me, preacher. Money will rule over you. Somebody else can rule over you. Spouse, children, whatever. Material things can rule over you. Your car, your house, your job. Something in your life make you act the way you do. Your history, what happened to you when you were a kid, somebody did you wrong, you were mistreated, something is your master. Something is your master. You don't get away from that. All of us will be controlled by something or someone. You don't control you. It's something in you that's making you do the things that you do. So it could be hurt. It could be pain. It could be upbringing. It could be money. It could be material things. It could be your job. It could be various things. But something is driving you to do what you do. And so that's why you will hear me pray and call Jesus my master. I want him to be my master. Because something will be my master if it's not him, it's going to be something else And everything else that is your master don't mean you any good Jesus is the only one that will be master that will mean you good if a person is is having control over your life They don't mean you any good. It's for selfish reason if it's money money is the root of all evil I can go on and on and on nothing else mean you any good like jesus It goes so deep that even as parents, every once in a while, we have our children do something for us because it's for us. Never forgot, Cheryl. I don't know. Couldn't have been that old because we were still playing on the street. We couldn't get off the street. I lived on a dead end street, so that was pretty good. But we, we weren't supposed to get off the street. And if we got off the street we had to let our parents know. So you're playing on the street. Back then, you know, windows up in summertime. And I remember my mom called me. I'm on in the street playing with my friends. She called me. I thought maybe I need to go do something, or she was calling us in to eat. I got inside the out inside the house. She was sitting in the T V room, Cheryl. She said, Do me a favor, get me a glass of water. I don't know what she was watching, I don't know if it was good. Or she just didn't feel like getting up. I don't know if she was in pain. My my point is, even the people that love you will ask you to do selfish things for them. Not God. Not God. Everything God asks you to do will benefit you. Not one thing God will ask you to do that do not benefit you. This is why I'm happy to bow down and call him my master. That's why I'm happy to raise my hand and worship him and say, God, you are my master. That's why I have no problem crying out to him to say, Jesus, you are my master because he means me well. And if you do the same, he means you well. Everything else and everyone else have selfish agendas. Like Cain, Cain had a selfish agenda. He did, was only worried about himself. Abel was motivated by faith. Cain was not. Only actions motivated by faith will please God. Only actions motivated by faith will be acceptable to God. Whatsoever we offer to God must be offered in faith for him to receive it and accept it and keep his eyes on you. So whether it's your worship, whether it's you bringing tithes and offering, whether it's your service, whether it's your prayer, it doesn't matter what it is that you bring to God. Your motive better be right for him to accept it. And the only thing and the only way you can guarantee a right motive, if it's coming from faith. Remember what I told you? Faith is having the knowledge of God. That God is both man and God and manifested in the man Christ Jesus. He's not two people of the Trinity. He is God Almighty who manifests himself In the man Christ Jesus And he walked this earth And he preached the gospel And he lived as an example He healed the sick He raised the dead He cleansed the leper And then he laid down his life For all of us That we may be saved Shed his precious blood Almighty God And now he sits on the throne All by himself When we get to heaven We only see that one God His name is Jesus But before we knew who he was And had his true identity All we knew was the invisible God that does miracles that's all we knew and then he made himself knowable to us by becoming a man a human manifesting when you understand that you now have faith the knowledge of who god is when you have that then everything that comes from your life everything that you do is supposed to come from that place the place of the knowledge of who he is and when you give to him what he requires then you can never be corrupt and you can never do something that he won't accept because you're doing what he requires but if you do it any other way saying well you know i don't take that for granted i don't take for granted i don't take my god for granted thinking that he's supposed to just accept this because what's the big deal i never do that to god I never do that to God because here is, here, 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 is, here is something you need to think about. Remember, he came to this earth to save us from our sins. He came to give his life that we may have life. And if you know your Bible a little bit, there was a time when the time got close for him to be crucified, laying down his life. So we can get life. That time got close. And he began to pray. He prayed as man, but he answered the prayer as God. So he was praying and answering prayer because he was God Almighty. And so he prayed and he says, Father, if this cup can pass from me, because he got to a place where he says, This is hard. And so what if he didn't fulfill and complete that mission? What if he stopped short of that mission? Where would we be today? And so that's why whatever he requires... I'm not half doing it. I'm not half stepping it. I'm giving him the whole thing that he asked for because he didn't half step for me. He didn't hold back for me. He didn't go part of the way for me. He went the whole way for me. So whatever he is asking of me, I'm not going part of the way. I'm going the whole way for Jesus because whatever I'm doing, it needs to be done because of faith and not because of how I feel and how I think. I got an amen from Mama Allen. Don't mess with me. You know, I'm preaching now. You know, I'm preaching. Get an amen from Mama Allen. You know, I'm preaching. Your worship must be offered in faith. Your praise must be offered in faith. Your prayers must be offered in faith. Your tithes and your offering must be offered in faith. Your service to God must be offered in faith. I'm almost done here. If we offer everything about us that we offer to God in faith, nobody can get us agitated or irritated when we're doing it for God. So when you come into the house of God and you decide that whatever you're doing is for God, nobody's not supposed to get on your nerves. I'm doing it for Jesus. You know, you're trying to do something for God and then people make it difficult. Doesn't matter to me. I'm doing it for Jesus. so I'm not getting upset. You see, when it comes from a place of faith, when it comes from a place of, of, of the knowledge of God, you do things differently. Your motive is, is so much different now. And so the things that you do, the motive that you have is always to please God, to return to God, what God is requiring of you. What is your motive? We got to check our motives today before we leave. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we conduct ourselves the way we conduct ourselves? We have to check our motives because it's that that's going to reveal to us if we're right with God or not. We we may fool ourselves in saying that we do some of the things that seems right. But if your motive is not right, you can come to church and don't have a right motive. Or I should say you come to church service and not have a right motive. You just do it because you're saying, I guess I need to do this. Just like Cain. Cain made an offer and a sacrifice. Yeah, let me do this because I guess I need to do this. But it's clear to us. It should be clear to us now that I can't even just come into the house of the Lord to just come and not have a real motive for coming. Because if I just come just because it's what I'm supposed to do. That's not acceptable to God. Cain gave an offering that he thought, let me just give this. That wasn't acceptable to God. Everything we do must generate, must come from a place of faith. So when I come into the house of the Lord, I'm coming because I want to get closer to Jesus. I'm coming because I want to hear what his word is saying to my life so my life can be better. So I can be a blessing to him. So I can be a blessing to others. I'm coming because I want to be transformed. I, I, I'm, I'm coming. Heaven must be the last thing while you're coming. Heaven Needs to be the last reason why you're coming. Because as I like to say, heaven is a byproduct of us having right relationship with God. It's a byproduct. Where he is, there will we be also. So why am I worried about heaven? Heaven is just a natural occurrence that will take place if I'm in right relationship with Christ. If I am in Christ, it's evident I will be in heaven when the time comes. So I don't have to strive for heaven anymore as I'm living for God, because it's just a done deal. It's a done deal, if I'm having right relationship with Him, done deal. But if I come in and my motive is, whew, I don't want to burn up in this world. I don't want to go to hell. Boy, I want to escape this stuff because you never know when the end gonna come. And I don't. If that's your motive. It's not a faith. It's not pleasing unto God. So you're going to have to check your motive this morning, this afternoon now. You're going to have to check your motive so you will do things for the right reasons so you can please God. So God's eye can be upon you. So God will accept what you're giving him because your motive will be right as opposed to you doing it for the wrong reasons. You're like Cain because here's the truth. I'm done. Here's the truth. You don't have enough money and you don't have enough strength and time and energy to work your way to heaven. You can't pay to get to heaven. You you don't have enough energy to get to heaven. You don't have anything to get you to heaven. So there's no way you can get to heaven without having a right relationship with God. So just forget about heaven for a second, knowing that if I'm right with God and I have a great relationship with him, I am going to be in heaven. Stop chasing heaven. Chase Jesus. Stop chasing what you want people to think of you. Chase Jesus. Here I am. And I close up. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Don't forget that today. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Cain tried to please God without faith. And it was impossible to please God god cain evidently revealed that his offering to god was not of faith in genesis 4 and 5 through 7 it says but unto cain and to his offering he had not respect and cain was very wroth and his countenance fell and the lord said unto cain why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen if thou doest well Shall thou not be accepted, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over thee that's all that that scripture always stick in my mind because Cain missed the grace of God Cain missed the mercy of God because what was happening there is And God is still that way because he changed not. God doesn't change, Taylor. And so what God is like, in case you missed anything I've been saying, Taylor, I know you follow because you're smart. I heard about you. And so the deal is, here is what I'm saying, though, in a nutshell, the goodness of God. Listen, in all that Cain did that was not pleasing to God and God never accepted, God did not right then and there rejected Cain. This is what we call mercy and grace. God said to Cain, son, let me just say it in our term. Son, why are you upset? What's the use of you being upset? Just give me what I require and you'll be good and we'll move forward. And I'm going to do great things in your life and I'm going to use you miraculously. Just do what I'm asking you to do and you'll be fine. What are you getting upset for? I do this to Jordan all the time. What are you getting upset for? Just do what you're asked to do and you will be fine. But Cain didn't see the grace of God. And that's what our world in a nutshell is dealing with. God is saying, you're not doing right, people. But... I'm not mad at you. I'm not sending you to hell. I'm not rejecting you. I'm just asking you to now do what is right. That's all God is saying to our world. I'm not mad at you. I'm not irritated with you. I don't hate you. I'm not sending you to hell. All I'm asking you to do, as I point out you're wrong, I'm telling you, here is what you need to do that's right, and you'll be good. That's all he's saying to all of us. But so many of us have decaying spirit. Instead of saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being so kind. Thank you for being so gracious. Thank you for being so merciful. Instead of saying to God, thank you, we say, what's the big deal? I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, ain't I? Why are you, why you not accepting what I give you? And God is saying, With that kind of attitude, sin will be your master. With that kind of attitude, sin will control you from this day on. So here's what God's message is to all of us. I'm I'm merciful and gracious, and I want you to stop doing wrong and start doing right. But if you don't do that, I'm not sending you to hell. I'm not destroying your life. Sin is. It's Not God that's doing anything to us. God is calling us, come on, get away from that. Get out of there. Do what's right. I got you. But we are saying, why can't you just accept me the way that I am? And God is saying, I do, but I don't expect you to stay the way you are. I'm accepting you the way that you are. If you want to be changed, though, I will help you. But I can't leave you the way you are because I can't continue to let you behave in the way that you are. Because that's not a faith. Your motive is not right. Your motive is corrupt. And so Cain, instead of him embracing the grace and the mercy of God, he started complaining. And his complaint led him to be controlled by sin and so i close up here a feeling of resentment and a sense of disgrace and condemnation took possession of cain there was no spirit of inquiry meaning when the lord says why your countenance falling if you do us right you'll be accepted cain didn't stop and start to inquire in his life to say what am i doing wrong here Cain didn't self-examine himself. Cain didn't even pray and say, God, help me because I'm not seeing right. Help me because I'm not doing right. If you have a problem with me, it means that I'm not seeing this thing the right way. Cain did not even repent to say, God, forgive me for offending you. He did none of that. How dare us. That the creator, the one that gives life, breathe breath into us and sustain and keeps us always. How dare us when he comes to us and show us mercy and grace to tell us our actions are wrong and we need to stop and we need to change and we question him and give him a hard time. How dare us? This shows Cain's motive for his offering was not of faith. Even in Cain's faithless action the Lord didn't give up on him and I'm telling you today even if our motive has been wrong for a long time God has not given up on you God has not given up on you even though you've had a wrong motive. Even though you thought you can give God just enough. Even though you feel like you can give God just what you want. And if you feel like it later on, you'll give him some more. Even with that kind of behavior, God hasn't given up on you. God still loves you. God still wants to save you. God still wants to heal you. God still wants to deliver you. God wants to change your motive and help you to go from wrong to righteous. God loves you. He's reaching for you. But the question is, will you respond to him in obedience? Will you stand with me? The Lord did not immediately reject Cain because God is long suffering. God is merciful. God is gracious. And so he doesn't reject us because our motive is corrupt. Because our motive is unrighteous, ungodly. He doesn't just reject us. He will be merciful. He will be long-suffering. And he will be there for us, reaching for us. The question is, will we be like Cain or will we not be like Cain and repent of our sins and get it right with God? God gave Cain hope to change his life around and have hope to live a blessed and favorable life. But Cain just chose to go in his own way he got offended because he got called out being called out don't mean bad being called out means grace when god calls us out for what we're doing wrong that's his grace that's his mercy because what he's saying is if i didn't care i wouldn't say nothing to you and i'll just let your sin destroy you and you just be done and you will destroy yourself if i didn't care so when I call you out, it's because I love you and I care about you. Which means when you go to a church and everything you hear, you like it. God is not in that church. That's the probably the nicest way I could put it. If you go to a church and everything they preach to you, you like it. God is not in that church. Because there's no grace in that church. We think, you see how how we just, we're so contrary to the ways of God. We think that the more people are, they go along with what we say and what we like, that means they care more about us. But that's how we're built. As soon as somebody says something contrary to what you're doing and what you're saying, you get defensive and you never stop to say to yourself, let me listen this out because maybe this is something that's going to help me. And that's how God operate. Yes, we're going to do some things that please God, but there's going to be some things God going to call us out on when he calls us out. What's going to be our response and motive will determine all of our response. Depending on what your motive is will depend on what you respond like when God calls you out. This is why when you come to a church service and you hear the word of God preached your response after the preaching determining your motive. I hate to tell it to you. I just have to be honest with you. If you hear it and all you can do is like, all right, cool. And you ready to go out the door. That might not be right. But if you hear it And it causes you to say, I need to pray. I need to go to the altar. I need to cry out to God because he's talking to me. And I don't know how much time I will get an opportunity to hear. Because when you reject what God is saying, you can keep going in your way. And before you know it, you hit a place of no return. Where you're just not even paying God no mind, and you have you've built up in you that resentment of God that you no longer will ever look God's way because God called you out, and He never called you out to irritate to irritate he didn't call you out to make you angry, he called you out to correct your actions so you can be saved that's why He called you out, and you take it the wrong way, which means resentment will control you. And before you know it, you will be away from God and never get close to God anymore, all because your motive wasn't right. What is your motive today? If you came in here and your motive wasn't right, then maybe what you need to do is make sure your motive is right before you leave here. If you came in here and your motive was just corrupt and stuff wasn't right with you, then what you need to do is get it right before you leave. The way how we change our motive Is through repentance. When you say to God. God I have sinned. My motive is not right. And I need my motive to change. Because I realize Lord. Most of my actions are generated from. My selfish ways. From how I feel. From my experiences. That's why I do most of the things I do. But God I realize. If I continue like that. I can never please you. The only way I'm ever going to please you is if my motive is changed from selfishness, from fleshly desires, from from experiences. The only way it's going to change is if it becomes faith. Faith is what's driving all of my actions. That's the only way my motive change is when faith starts to drive all of my action. How about we pray before we dismiss father in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, your word has gone forth. We've all heard now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will help us all to apply your instructions to our life. God, search us. We want right motives in us, Lord God. We don't want to have selfish motives like we have had. We don't want motive driven by our fleshly desires. We don't want motive, oh God, that is self-centered. Motive, almighty God, that that is from our experiences of hurt and pain and disappointment. We don't want motive, Lord God, of things that we have experienced, Lord God, in this life. But we want our motive to be derived or driven from a place of faith. That Lord God, whatever we do, we do because knowledge of God that we possess because of what you have spoken to us, because of what you have shown us, because of what we've read in your scripture, because of our experience that we've encountered in having an encounter with you, Lord God. I want faith to be the reason for why I do what I do. I pray, Lord God, that faith will be the reason for all of us in this room to do what we do. For God, I don't want us to live A corrupted life where we're lost, where Lord God we can't find our way, where we are ruled and controlled by sin. But today, Lord God, we repent before you and all the witnesses here, Lord God. We repent of our sins to say, Lord, forgive us for our sins, for we have sinned and come short of your glory. We have sinned against you by living according to our own standards. By living according to how we feel, according to how our flesh, our desires are, and the things that we've experienced in this life. Will you forgive us, Almighty God, for living our life that way? For God, we want to live our life according to your word. We want to live our life by faith, walking by faith and not by sight, living by faith and not by our feelings. In the name of Jesus, have your way today, O great God. Lead us in a path of righteousness today, O great God. Search us, Lord God. Try us, Lord God. And if there be any wicked way in us, lead us to the everlasting, Lord God. I pray that faith will be, oh God, the reasons for our actions, Lord God. That faith will be the reason for our doings, Lord God. Help us today, great God. Lead us today, oh great God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We want to be like Abel and not like Cain, Lord God. We don't want that spirit of Cain in us, rooted out, Lord God, if that spirit of Cain is in us. Lord God. Root it out, Lord God, and cleanse us, Almighty God. I pray today that somebody in this house, somebody on our virtual congregation. Oh God, we'll hear the words of the Lord today and respond in obedience and respond in faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be so, Lord God. I pray that somebody will surrender their life today in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that somebody, Lord God, will have a turnaround, a change in direction, Lord God. Because from this day on, we want faith to be the reason, the motive for why we do what we do. Lord, we give you the praise today. We honor you today, for there is none like you. Lord, will you bless your people? Will you strengthen your people? Oh God, I pray that they will grow in faith and that your will be done in their life. We thank you today, Lord God, for revealing your truth, your word to us, Lord God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. We honor you, oh great God. We honor you. We honor you, Lord God. We honor you you. We honor you, Lord God, we honor you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Somebody lift their hands to the Lord and just thank Him today. Just say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you you because you didn't let me go astray. You didn't let me go in my own way. You didn't let me destroy myself. But Lord, you you gave me a word today that will change me forever that will cause me to come your way and oh God resist the ways of the flesh and the ways of Cain I love you Jesus I thank you today Lord Jesus I bless your holy name today Lord Jesus for there is none like you there is none like you and for all these things we thank you somebody clap their hands and thank the Lord today Hallelujah 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 god bless you god bless you god bless you in jesus name have a wonderful afternoon oh thank you jesus thank you jesus oh thank you jesus blessed be your name O great god blessed be your name my king Oh, I worship and adore you. I worship and adore you. I exalt your name, Lord Jesus. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Your name is above every name. Jesus. Jesus. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Get our hearts right, Lord. Help us to get our hearts right. Help us to get our hearts right. Help us to get our minds right. Help us to get our soul right. Help us to get our life right. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Help us, Lord help us lord help us lord oh god that we will live a life that is pleasing unto you that we will live a life oh god that adores you and oh god is obedient to you a life lord god that exalts Oh, the name of Jesus. A life, Lord God, that will allow you to keep your eyes on us. A life, Lord, that will allow you to accept what we give unto you. A life of faith, Lord God, a life of thanksgiving, Lord, a life of worship, Lord, a life of praise, Lord, a life, oh God, that gives you honor. Oh, hallelujah. I am in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, have your way. Overwhelm us with your presence. Overwhelm us with your power. Overwhelm us, Lord God, with your strength. Overwhelm us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus consume us with the fire of your spirit lord god oh lord have your way in our life have your way in our life oh god we want a right motive we want a motive lord god that is driven by faith a motive lord god where faith is the main source of it oh hallelujah thank you jesus glory hallelujah
5: Take it all the way till all that's left is you. And the sun's light down from heaven. Search me. promises we will be filled yeah. till all of left
0: that is
5: you give us the desires of our heart you give us what to want you give us what to pray to you're